Kane and Bucks. Can't stop the Good Oil, the Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. Oh, Bucks is just logging on to the ticket request system of the AFL trying to get his prelim final tickets. Nine o'clock, relax. No, I know that. I'm it just making sure o'clock. I got my password right. Just refreshing. Yeah, I'm, we'll, we'll join uh, everyone uh, here who are trying to look for tickets uh, for the prelims. That, Pretty hard to that, find. That, they are very, very hard to find. All right, Tom Morris is here for the good oil. Thanks to Cobram Estate, premium Australian extra virgin olive oil. Uh, Tommy, what do you got? So let's talk about the CBA. So that's almost done between the players and the AFL. Any player that's selected in the first round of the draft... Oh, in any sorry, any player that's selected in the draft always signs a two-year deal. It's a mm-hmm. compulsory two-year deal. This has frustrated some clubs. Should be four. Well, Gold Coast and GWS haven't liked it. Do you remember the Giants um, lost Jai Caldwell after 11 games? The Gold Coast had to re-sign players to keep them. And it caused a lot of angst at club level because the market was thrown out of whack. So in negotiations between the league and the players, one of the tension points was how long the players should have off in the off-season. Um, the AFL wanted shorter holidays for players. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine the players didn't want that. They want as much holiday as possible in the off-season. So as a trade-off, the AFL PA gave the AFL what they wanted, which is mandatory three-year um, contracts for first-round draftees. So that will come in this year. So if you're selected in the draft this year, you'll sign a three-year contract. Every other player will have a two-year So contract. give us some live examples. Ollie Henry from Collingwood can't. Is he, was he a first-round pick? He was, wasn't he? Uh, you tested me. I think he Late was. Late first round. Yeah. So he yep. can't leave after three a couple years. of seasons. Yep, that's right. It'll take three years. Jai Caldwell's the one. Giants to Essendon. He played 11 games. Essendon offered big well, Horn money. Horn Francis is the biggest you one. You can. Well, that was one year. No, but if, but if he... Yeah, but if Horn Francis had signed a three-year deal, North are more likely to say, well, hang on, we're not going to trade you with two years more to go likely. on your deal. Suck it up, yep. and then we'll address it. In two years' time, it's much better system for the clubs. Well, it is, but the managers hate it, especially some managers. And I'm told last week in a meeting between the AFLPA and the agents, a couple of managers in particular were very strong on the fact that this mandatory three-year contract should not come in. Mm. The AFLPA worked on that. They workshopped it with a few managers. It's coming in, but it's a trade-off for the holiday time. <laughs> so it's going to happen. Three-year so contracts for first-round <laughs> yeah. first draftees. What about the level? Is, it, is the level capped? No, so the third oh, year, yeah. the third year won't be as regulated. Yeah. So it'll be more dependent on performance. That's why the way managers hate it. Yeah, that's because right. Because if you get a Nick Dacos who's come in mm. and he's gone bang bang, mm. and you've got a third year on this capped mm. um, contract level, yeah, that's that's why the managers don't like. Exactly it. They still right. get far too long off, by the way. So that's one that the AFL have conceded. But you speak to a young developing coach of a side that needs access to their players, they don't have enough access. 20 yeah. weeks holiday mm. is far too long for elite professional sporting people. Like, yeah. Well, Justin Langer said, I think he said about um, the, the cricketers at one point a couple of months ago, you don't get better at anything by doing it less. Mm. And, that, and that is a challenge when you get young players in, in the door because you need to spend extra time with those players to be able to develop them. Now, they come back two weeks earlier than the five-plus-year players still, yeah. I believe. Yeah, that's right. But that's, that's two weeks is, is not enough. You need them for longer. And uh, as a ex-senior coach, I would have loved you to felt have, that? Loved to have yeah. had more, for our development coaches, et cetera, to have more access to them through 
their first couple of pre-seasons. And I know that's frustrated Ross Lyon as well. Oh. So that's one of the things, one of the tension points, and that's why the trade-off is so important in these negotiations. So clubs are expecting the CBA to increase by 30% by 2027. So 10% this year, 5% next year, 10% in 2025 when the new broadcast deal comes in, and then 3%. So what, then what do you think the average wage gets? So it's about just over 400000 now. About 600000 by yeah. 2027 is the average wage. Yeah, and a few managers are really big on the fact that the minimum wage needs to come up, mm. and it's not coming up enough. So if, if you're at 900000 and it's going up by 10%, that's $90,000 you get increased. But if you're on $180,000, yeah. it's not nowhere near as Do much, clearly. Do you think that the uh, average or below average player are still going to suffer from this? Do you think that money, that extra money, will still go to the top end and we'll have, instead of $10 million players, we might have 50? Yep. But your, your run-of-the-mill player is still going to be around that 300000 mark or will they still get the benefit get from that? They'll get propped up. But according to agents I speak to, not enough. Mm. They don't protect the lesser players enough who have really no career prospects outside of football. I know it's a great thing to do to play AFL, but they can't get a career anywhere else. They've got no career certainty, and it's physically arduous in the media at scrutiny as well. well so they don't want that to push up. By definition, the run-of-the-mill player... The average player gets six hundred thousand dollars. No, yeah. that, that, that's the average. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Yeah. Well, that's your that's your average player, isn't it? Well, it, it will be. But there's still going to be players that um, don't get three times don't that. get the uplift because if you've got fourteen million in the salary cap, that goes to whatever eighteen million. You're going to use the extra four million to pay your stars. Yeah. And well, getting getting a cap right is still one of the greatest necessities to, to build success over a period of time and to, and, and to be able to have a crack at it. We've seen that. But we're talking... Look, listen to the numbers that we're throwing around. About 15 years ago, you used to have rookie play, rookie players that would be doing the same as the highest paid player on the on the list, exactly the same expectations in getting you know, $40,000 mm. for a year. So it's... And I think it's probably cautionary too for the AFLW to consider the fact that this has been an evolution for the AFL men's. It's, it didn't just happen overnight. They deserve every cent, by the way. It's, it's a great yep. outcome for the players and they deserve it. What's a yep. trade update? So James Jordan, people I speak to tell me they'd be shocked if Jordan re-signs at Melbourne. So he's a free agent because he was delisted a couple of years ago at the Demons and re-rookied, which means he's a free agent whenever, whenever he comes out of contract next. He won't be going to Geelong. I'm interested to see what clubs are completely into him. That, that will become more clear this week. The Grundy to Sydney exploration will accelerate this week as well, given Melbourne is now out of the finals race. What do they want the Ds? Uh, What's a good outcome for them? Because I'm, sure. I'm not sure how they get better from this. Well, they gave up pick 27. Sydney have picks 22, 30, 41 and 49. So it could be a combination of those picks. It could be one of those picks. I can't imagine they would ask for more than pick 30, given that he hasn't been in the team at the end of the season. They get his money off the books mm. and they get to go again. Mm. What are you shaking your head for, Bucks? Just the last three or four years for Brides. Yeah. How, how, how difficult that's been. You know, since, yeah. he, since he signed that big contract at the end of 2019, and the club had to, we'd, had to be hand-in-hand hand with, with that arrangement. But um, it was a big money deal, and it, and it became difficult for the club to handle it beyond that. And now he's moved once to, you know, and he, he wouldn't have thought, he, he, was, he was going to go to Adelaide on an eight-year deal at the, <laughs> and it, when he became a free agent. And he wouldn't have he wouldn't have thought that these last four years in the AFL system would have gone the way it's going, and he'll end up in Sydney. And I just hope he gets a, a good run at the next two or three years at a club that really values him and that he can play his trade at because it's clear that he bumped up 
um, into Max Gorn for the most part of the second half of mm. this year. The other team that was knocked out this weekend, Port Adelaide. Your boys, Kane, the club's position right now is that neither Asava Radagalia or Brandon Zerk Thatcher are worthy of first-round picks. So I don't think that's a surprise for Zerk Thatcher. But Radagalia is an interesting one to negotiate you with. think he's July. worth a first-round pick? Oh, it's ri- not, not, ridiculous that Jill... I, I, I know, I know. I know, I know. Well, he's just, worth whatever people will pay for it if there's a market. But not if he doesn't want to go there. He's out of contract. He can go wherever he wants. Yeah. Um, so why would Port Adelaide... And that, that, I mean, it's ridiculous to even suggest it. Geelong didn't want to give one for Ollie Henry, who mm. was a first-round pick, and now they're asking a first-round pick for Radagalia. So that's up to Jason Cripps uh, and Andrew Mackie to work out. that out. Uh, Richmond, mm. both Adam Uze and Andrew McWalter have their final interviews this week. We're right at the pointy end. They're the last two. Where, um, where are they leaning? It feels like they're, I, I they're not leaning anywhere. I'd like love to tell split. you. I can't tell you because Adam Uze has essentially been Melbourne's match day coach for a few years. He was at Hawthorne before that. Um, and Andrew McWalter's the incumbent. So I don't know what way they're leaning, but they're two very high-quality candidates. And Adam Uze was second at the Giants in Essendon last year. So he wouldn't want to miss out again. But then again, Adam Kingsley missed out a few mm. times and mm. uh, ended up getting the Giants gig. Just a quick last one, um, in case you missed it. Andrew Mackey is the new footy boss at Geelong. Um, and Essendon, they've advertised for an assistant list manager to work closely with Adrian Dodoro. So there is a point into that process as well. An assistant list manager. Yeah. I don't know if that's the exact term, but that's what they're looking for. Someone to help Adrian Dodoro in list management. And so Geelong are looking to bolster their recruiting department as well, with well, Mackie being yeah, promoted? Yeah, Mackie's promoted to the footy boss. I'm not sure what they're going to do with their list manager position. I, th- I assume Mackie will take on both responsibilities like Jason McCartney does at GWS, but they might look to uh, to get someone else in as well. Very nicely done, Tom. The best in the business. That was the good oil for Cobram Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil. We are live from Melbourne Skydeck. Big crowd here to see Nathan Buckley this morning. Let me tell you that. And there's plenty more coming up. Huge last hour with Kane and Bucks this morning.